Welcome to our podcast series, The Brightest Minds from Admas Global Forum. Today, we are interviewing Ahmed Shah, Vice President Online, Mobile and Social at 1-800-Flowers. Leaders in omni-channel marketing, 1-800-Flowers have excelled at mobile marketing and mobile integration. Today, Ahmed shares with Miranda Bond his secrets for mobile marketing success. So Amit, what mobile strategies and tactics have delivered the best results for 1-800-Flowers? That's a great question to start off with. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we always think about the consumer as having an omni experience. So when you really think about mobile, you have to think about mobile in context of an omni-channel experience. But what we have seen so far is that uh, very clearly a focus both on understanding how to acquire the mobile audience but also creating a very uh, great experience for them as they go through that mobile journey are the critical success factors. So I would say for anyone starting out in that journey or even optimizing the journey, it is not just enough to think about the fact that you can uh, go and show a banner to someone who is on a mobile phone, but think more deeply about what happens once they take an action based on that, uh, that, ex- that uh, call to action. You know, so if they come back to the mobile site, have you really thought about how to make that checkout very simple and easy yeah. for that consumer? So it's really this matching up of the synapses between, I think, sort of acquiring the audience at the right moment and then providing them the right experience that leads to this success in mobile. Yeah, that's great. Um, can you share with us some mobile campaigns that have been a real hit for you? Yeah, I think uh, early on, uh, we worked very closely with Google to really understand sort of how the ad formats, especially around search, because as you can imagine, we are a high intent category. So if someone's birthday is coming up, you're really in the market then, right? So we work very closely with them to really understand what sort of calls to action to put really in a search ad. And now you have, you know, you have an enormous number of extensions, for example, click to call, which is often underutilized by a lot of brands. But sometimes uh, what we have seen and that has driven real success for us is that when it gets closer to a holiday or closer to some uh, event ending, people might just prefer to even search for ads online, but then uh, consummate the transaction using the phone. Yeah, absolutely. So it's very important to think about, you know, what is the structure and call to action within all your ad formats, especially on mobile. Then we have also seen some great success with geolocation campaigns. Yeah. Uh, which lend themselves very well to mobile as a as a primary device for most customers mm-hmm. because it allows you to intercept them at the right moment that they are ready. Yeah. But uh, ironically, what we have also seen is that geolocation can, can be profoundly impactful even outside the store closing hours. So for example, a lot of geo campaigns that retailers run, they basically show the ads only when the store is open. Mm-hmm. But what we discovered actually is that after the store is closed, people still might interact with that ad. And so what we did is once the stores are closed, we would take them to our 1-800 call center, which powered the 1-800 number. So Uh let's say you are driving by that store at 10 o'clock in the night, Mm. but you still had high intent, we are providing a pathway for you. So it's again, you know, going back to what customer experience you really want to provide and then working towards building out uh, the infrastructure that supports that and the thinking that supports that. Yeah, that's that's great, very clever. So Amit, how do analytics and data drive your decisions when it comes to mobile? Sure, I think uh, 
there are uh, sort of two dimensions when we think about data and mobile. The first is the, the, the more sort of discussed one where there's a lot of information and data just coming out from the utilization of mobile as a primary computational device by most customers around the world, right? Mm. You have more uh, devices now in circulation than the human population. Yeah. So the, the, the enormity of, of what we call the data crumbles mm. that come out from interaction and having this always on device is pretty phenomenal, yeah. right? So we have obviously uh, worked a lot to make sure that we are being good stewards of that data yes. and we are utilizing it appropriately to help our consumers make the best choices. But I also think that, that one of the, the challenges of mobile and data is that it also can create data darkness. So for example, you have messaging apps which are now one of the most used apps around the world yeah. and have real data issues because there is data darkness once you enter that, that app. Mm. Mm. Right, so I think I think the real question that a lot of marketers are asking uh, is how to make sense of both of this sort of having a lot of data in some circumstances and having the darkness in other circumstances, yeah. and can you deliver a consistent user experience to the same user who might be fragmented between those states of being? Now, uh, one of the things I think is great about One Eight Hundred Flowers is uh, you guys are really known as early adopters. Um, how have you managed to put innovation at the heart of your organization? Right. I think uh, we have been very lucky in the sense that uh, we are a family company, a family-run company, and the founders of the company, Jim and Chris, uh, have really uh, sort of imbibed in the whole organization a deep passion for innovation. Yeah. And uh, so it, it, makes, it makes a lot of our senior managers uh, work a little bit easier to have that buy-in at a senior level. So I think that's very critical, right? And, and also to provide us a daily inspiration that it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Because I think, you know, uh, consistent with a culture of innovation has to be a culture of accepting, uh, you know, leaps of faith and, and failures along the way, right? Yeah. But I think if you, if you think about sort of the concrete uh, work that has gone into uh, making us so much at the forefront of adopting innovation, I think it's three very key factors. One is having a culture as a living, breathing part of the organization that embraces innovation, right? So we talk about it, uh, we try to staff people who are interested against it, cutting across sort of functional roles or uh, certain spots you might be in, right? Uh, the second thing that we, we build uh, outside of the culture is, is sort of the, the essential plumbing required for innovation. So a lot of, lot of uh, uh, technological investments in a certain manner and building a certain stack allow you to adopt uh, innovations faster and faster. So for example, you know, having something as simple as open APIs that other developers can consume, right? So you have an open state of being, right? So outside of culture, we try to then build the, the essential plumbing required for that. And third, and I think which is the most important thing, is to have the humility to accept that the half-life of knowledge is constantly changing and that we are only relevant to our customers if we are learning alongside them. So I think you know, when we put these principles together as a, as a shaping influence on our day-to-day -day decisions and how we go to market, it really helps us uh, what I call be primed for innovation. That's been really great to talk to you, Amit. Thank you very much for spending yeah. time with us Thanks today. Thanks for having us over here. It's been a great uh, journey. Thank you.